0: Hello, and welcome to Casually Obsessed. I'm your host, Chelsea Bergen. This episode is part two of a conversation that I had with Bill Friday about Veronica Mars. If you missed part one, you can find it in the Casually Obsessed feed. In the first part of our conversation, we focused on the first three seasons of Veronica Mars. And in this episode, we will be talking about the fourth season of veronica mars and also a little bit about the veronica mars movie so if you have not watched the fourth season don't listen to this conversation unless you want it to be completely spoiled for you okay you've been warned let's start the show So I feel like I need to preface this by saying that I there are a lot of things that I liked about the fourth season. Uh, the things that I didn't like, however, I feel very strongly about. And I'm really going to make an effort to rein myself in from just railing on those things.
1: I don't know. I think you as the host should just spit the bit and run with this. I mean, I, I'm, you
0: know. we'll ta- we're going to talk about it, but I just wanted to say that if nothing else, know that I did, for the most part, like and enjoy season four of the show, even if I have some negative feelings about it.
1: Okay. That's mm-hmm. that's a good qualifier.
0: Yeah. You know, I don't want people thinking that I...
1: That you just spent the last hour loving something that you hate? Mm, yeah. Okay.
0: Well, yeah. I just, you know, and hopefully, you know, it will, it will give more weight to the critiques that I have, the knowledge that they are from a piece of love. So something that you, something that we talked about was how in much of the early show, um, Veronica has to be the adult in the room, even when she's surrounded by people who age-wise are like actually the adults. She's so much more mature and thinking about such serious things that she's just in a different world than a lot of her peers are and what I think was really interesting about the premise of season four is that it kind of reverses those roles insofar as now Veronica is the one who like she had to grow up so quickly, she now like can't let go of the past in a lot of ways. I feel like she doesn't know how to like grow up and move on while everyone else around her is getting their shit together is, you know, being an adult and doing adult things. And Veronica is kind of frozen in amber at the way that she became when she experienced all this trauma as a high school student. Okay, I think that is a truly interesting premise, which the fourth season sets up and then fails to truly develop. They hint at it, they dance around it.
1: There was a lot of lots of hinting and dancing in season yeah. four.
0: Um, but they never actually commit to that being the story that they're telling. And that is ultimately like my underlying problem. All of the things that I disliked about the fourth season come from the fact that I feel like they didn't commit to what was the most interesting premise that this season could have, which is how do you reckon with your past? How do you become a healthy functional adult after you've experienced so much pain and trauma?
1: Yeah, and well, okay. I think they tried to hit that, but from such an obtuse angle that they completely missed. They they overshot the landing of their point in a handful of ways. Um, Logan becomes boring, and and I'm using that interpretively. In Veronica's eyes, he is he is. Uh, flat dish soap in a lukewarm sink of dirty dishes. He's just boring. And, and they, they show that in the scene where Veronica and Logan have very successful sex after some very dysfunctional arguing. And, um, you know, Logan wanting to be in therapy and wanting Veronica to be in therapy with him. Um, and that Veronica is kind of, has grown into being a full-time PI and is kind of like living the cliche of the PI. She's becoming jaded where her dad never was, even through all of his circumstances of, of adult loss of job and prestige and, and respect in the community and and things like that. She's just coming through this. Like I genuinely don't give a shit anymore. And this is who I am. And I think they were trying to make a point, but I think they got lost in the mystery. Like we talked about before, they, they forgot character and and tried to turn this into a multi-level whodunit, and I don't think the whodunit worked in season four any more than the character development worked in season
0: four. Yeah. For anyone who for some reason is is listening to this part of the conversation but hasn't watched the fourth season of the show, just some kind of background or a refresher if you watched and don't remember (laughs) what happened a refresher from
1: 2019
0: um you know I don't know when people are listening to this um
1: that's true this is going to go on forever (laughs) um forever
0: (laughs) so the at the beginning of the fourth season we find Veronica and Logan are living together which was kind of set up by the the movie she's in Neptune being a P.I. um and Logan seems to ha- be having a very successful military career, and is doing some like black ops shit. And he
1: and growing his upper musculature.
0: Yes, very fit, S- successfully very yeah. fit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he um is in therapy. He's like really trying to get his life together, and. Um, I think there are some ways in which that has made him a little boring. I think to Veronica, particularly as someone who like loved him as a sometimes seemingly psychotic bad boy. Mm -hmm.
1: Um,
0: But also in general, I think the show does like really sand off a lot of his edges in a way that would have been a lot more interesting had they, addressed it a little more openly. Like he is white knuckling his way through recovery is what I think is happening. But I don't think that gets fully articulated. Um, It just seems like now Logan does everything perfectly all the time.
1: And who doesn't love someone who's perfect (laughs) all the time?
0: Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's trying to be a better person. And Veronica is, like, openly hostile about that. She, like, makes fun of him for going to therapy. Like, she's just not great about it. And he proposes to her, and she kind of has a meltdown. And it's sort of from that moment, almost it seems like she's, like, looking for ways to, like, sabotage their relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you have this bombing storyline going on where it seems there's a serial bomber in Neptune. And, you know, is it the Casablanca's like real estate empire that's bombing properties to get them at a low price? Like there's sort of a lot of things going on in the mystery element. And I think that honestly, the things that... I liked best and that I think from a craft perspective and an execution execution perspective were the most successful in season four were the things that the show had already been doing like the real estate plot line or that kind of what ends up being sort of a red herring of like who is a serial bomber like is it big dick Casablanca's like um, that I think is very interesting because it plays into all of the kind of class things that Veronica Mars has always been dealing with. Right. The kind of um, what actually ends up being the case with like one bomb that was one thing and then a bunch of other subsequent bombs that were, you know, coming from someone who's like a true crime junkie and desperate for attention, like – that seemed that was less successful to me. And I think it didn't really fit in with the existing DNA of Veronica Mars. Same with the random cartel people that are just like in the show because it's a gritty, serious adult show now. Like, I think there were a lot of things that were out of place that rather than trying to like age the show up by introducing all of these other random elements I think they had the perfect story right in front of them in the fact that Veronica is an addict who doesn't want to get better. She actively wants to stay in the past, in the state that she's in, while everyone else around her is is trying to get clean, so to speak.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, that's that's where someone with such a great first season run, albeit 15 years earlier. And, you know, it's a, it's the band and the whole life that's lived between season one and season four. Right. And, and they completely swung and missed, uh, the, the cartel guys were great characters and they needed their own show, but they really, I mean, except for their time with, big dick, god I just love saying that. Um just like like it's I'm sorry, FCC, you don't exist. Okay. Um but except for their time with big dick and that was important in the story, what were they really doing for the story? The real story was the juxtaposition of Logan is a piece of crap and Veronica is um Like his Joan of Arc character almost, you know, beatific and above the fray Mm. and, and sort of half lover, half sponsor and whatever. And they finally get to the point where, look at that, it's been 15 years of Logan and his shit and he finally wants to do better, not just for Veronica, but for himself and she's just pissed at it like no no i want all the function in dysfunction this is boring and i don't want to change and i want to be every private investigator cliche from all the noir films but that's not the story we've crafted and you know if you want to give me uh bad guys being bad guys and femme fatales and all of that. Fine. Give that to me, but don't set me up with three seasons and a one-off film that brings us to the point where Veronica gets everything she wants and doesn't want it. And, and if they were going to tell that story, which circling back, I think that's the story they really wanted to tell and they lost their path. And I, I haven't got the slightest idea why it was all set up for the telling. Yeah. And, and we had to have, uh, red herrings and, and goat paths and bar fights and, and dropping Molly and God only knows what the hell else. Like, uh, Veronica, you're somewhere between 32 and 36. I know you were a good kid, but shit now and and for why just because you're mad at logan for cleaning up his shit i mean that's that's the confusion in the story of season four that i wish i got a deeper message from but i didn't all i got as my deeper message from season four uh was the ending nobody wanted yeah. Are we going to talk about the ending nobody wanted?
0: Yeah, we're we're going to get there. We're gonna okay because
1: I don't want to. I don't want to jump, but you know, it's like God. It, it's it's like an entire season built up for five minutes of one episode, and everything else was just used Kleenex along the way. Like, oh, oh, we needed we needed to do this. Why? Because my nose was running and I blew my nose. But but what was the plot point in the? Did you have to show me that you blew your nose? Well, of course I did. Yeah, but why? Because you had a 1-hour episode and 10 hours of time to kill. That's how I felt about season 4.
0: Um a couple things. It sounds like you feel more negatively about season 4 than I do.
1: Is that actually? Possible? I think um, it is possible.
0: Which I'm not sure that I realized. So
1: well, I I I didn't realize it until this morning doing <laughs> doing research with copious notes. Um I actually, I got up at, I got up at 4.15 this morning and made coffee and, and got to my notes by like 5.30 and started looking online at stuff and it just kept building and building and building. And I just started thinking, fuck, what was this? Yeah, it didn't hit me. I was, I was actually, um, safely neutral last year when I watched season four. Interesting. I was. I mean you remember when I watched season 4? We talked about it.
0: It's true. It's true.
1: And now it's like, oh, I had months and months to just let that stew inside me. And ugh, no, it is it is rumbling in my tummy and I don't like the the way it makes me feel now. Yeah. I really don't. I'm I sound like people in old-fashioned chat rooms where <laughs> like no this was wrong and we can't do it this way yeah yeah that's how i feel now i feel i feel like i'm in an aol chat room from 2004 and i'm like (laughs) oh that lily i don't know what they were thinking yeah no i yeah i feel let down now finally like six months after the fact i feel let down
0: yeah i hear what you're saying though i had kind of a similar experience insofar like i knew that i had problems with season four like as it was happening and immediately after um but i didn't really realize until like how much that was kind of coloring my perspective so in preparation for this discussion i watched the veronica mars movie because that's what Mm, sort of immediately precedes the um that's where we're expecting life to
1: go right the end of season the end of the movie
0: As I watched the movie, I found through the first half of the movie, I was essentially taking notes in my brain or sometimes in my phone that I was compiling to construct my argument for why the fourth season was a misstep and why they had missed all of these things that they had set up in the movie. And believe me, I was like I had all my evidence ready to like construct this whole essay for like what the mistake was and how I would have done it and how it would fix everything. And then I caught myself and I was like, wait, the point of watching this and the point of recording an episode about it is not to uh, write an essay for <laughs> why season four should have been different. The point is to enjoy it and talk about what I liked about it and things. And like also to talk about the things that could have been different, but not to like construct an argument or at least not solely because to be honest, I, I feel very firm and like I know that my opinions on season 4 are well thought out. I don't need to convince the rest of the world that my opinion is right because in this case, I'm quite confident that is that it is if not the right opinion, it is a right opinion. Um so I And also, like, no one wants to listen to me give a diatribe about all of the things that were wrong. Um, They don't need, like, a point-by-point list of how I'm going to fix it. But I did have to, like, catch myself and stop that impulse and actually let myself enjoy the thing. Mm. And it wasn't until – and so then after watching the movie, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get myself to watch episodes of the show because I, like, really struggled – But then I went back and watched the pilot of the show. And after the first five minutes, I was like, right, this is why I love this show. This is why I love this character and the series. And I was able to just let myself enjoy it. But it really took me a lot to come down from my like high horse about season four.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know I was on a high horse until this morning. I was okay with it. I honestly was. I just I kept telling myself and maybe this is like my coping mechanism in life so analyze me but i was like no nope, that's the way you know that's the way it i you know i understand life life has its goods and its bads and it, and it has its really goods and it has its really fucking bads and and that is how life is and so rob thomas cuz you're listening that's the way you told the story it's your story to tell tell your story. And I am just going to appreciate it for the story you are telling. And here we are the next year. And I'm like, Oh man, how many things did you do wrong? (laughs) And it's not, it's not that I'm going to tell the professional all the things he did wrong. Nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say, I think you let the characters down. Mm. I don't give a shit about me. I come and go. I I watched your movie 30 times, dude. I'm there. But I think you let the characters down. And that, to me, is why the outcry from A World of Marshmallows after season four, because we, in our own almost inexpressible way, felt like, Since we live through the characters and we feel let down, maybe you let the characters down and not the viewers.
0: I feel like the statement, you let the characters down, is the writerly equivalent of, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed.
1: Oh, shit. (laughs) 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 Well as a parent who would <laughs> never admit to having said that phrase ever i would like to instead say wow chelsea that that showed wisdom and maturity far beyond your youth and exuberance no that's exactly it that's that's the i don't know what to do with how I feel so, I'm just gonna turn it on you and pretend it's an object lesson when, in fact, I'm just pissed. And I am. And since I'm not talking to a child now, so it's not injurious and causing the child to make bad decisions in their future based on my shit behavior as a parent. Um, yeah, I'm just angry at it this is just grown up me angry at grown up rob because i thought he was better
0: so i think where some of the problems in season four come from i think where a lot of the problems particularly the problem of the end which we will get to i think where they come from is the relationship to the movie i feel like Rob Thomas as a creator and the show as an entity were not really sure how to situate the movie because hmm. the movie fan-funded on Kickstarter lots of different ways that it could have gone but kind of the decision that was that Rob Thomas made was that he wanted to write a movie that he thought the f- included all the things that the fans wanted to see. Yeah. So there is a lot of fan service in the movie Mm -hmm. I quite like the movie and I would say like I don't actually think that there is anything wrong with it both as an entity and like as a piece of fan service like I think it still moves the story forward and so I don't feel like it was just kind of like schlock made to make the fans happy. Like, I don't feel that way. And I imagine that you don't feel that way, given that you've watched it 30 times.
1: 30. Yeah. Plus, (laughs) I think in fairness to where season four began based on the end of the movie, season four began at the end of the movie. (laughs) Logan had a very muted epiphany by the end of the movie. He, like he said to Veronica, you know, I'll be back in six months. We can do six months. Six months is nothing. This is, this is the, this is Logan 2.0. And this is what you've wanted. And I'm here and you are there and just, you know, keep driving my car and, and living in the condo. We're good. And, and five years later, we get that life expressed after five years. And instead of dealing with oh now she's unhappy after five years the movie was fine to get us there the movie it was fan service sure it was it was a happy ending in a noir concept and you can't have a happy ending in a noir concept it's antithetical to the concept but if you're gonna give us fan service you're gonna have to you're gonna have to divert your path from original intent to where the characters are going and I don't even I don't even know where the characters were going in season four so
0: a couple things I'm not sure that narratively the movie the show takes place five years after the movie in terms of actual time it does but I don't like some time has passed but I don't get the sense that it's been five years since the events of the movie Um, but if you have a contradiction to that, let me know.
1: I think I read somewhere that, but I'm not citing sources. So yeah, but it's in my head.
0: I could be wrong, but it just didn't like, it felt like maybe a year, maybe two years, three even, but five is like a pretty significant chunk of time. And it, so it doesn't really feel like five years to me, but so the movie, it has a happy ending but it's not like everything is completely sort of tied up it's not like so the end of the movie Logan and Veronica are together but he's about to ship out and Keith is in the hospital recovering from a car accident which puts it lightly like he was it was attempted murder uh, <laughs> murder um, by truck. murder yeah. murder um, and so he's in the hospital and like Veronica makes a decision to stay in Neptune and be a private detective that she thinks that's where she's belo- she belongs. Because and so she it doesn't is...
1: want to work for Jamie Lee Curtis anymore. <laughs>
0: um, I mean, she never actually got to working for Jamie Lee Curtis. Just the Jamie interview. Lee Curtis
1: fired her. That is true. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I feel like the ending of the movie is hopeful. It's positive and hopeful. I don't know if it's like a happy ending in the sense, in the way that we usually think of happy endings, where I feel like everything is neatly tied up. I think the movie mostly ties things up, but it's more, it ties things up in a way that's like, things will be positive in the future, not like everything is perfect right now. So that's one thing. But I feel like what they used this season to do was undo everything that happened in the movie, yeah, because they felt that they'd painted themselves into a corner, rather than using the movie as a launching pad so I think they because the movie was constructed to be fan service they were like okay what do the fans want the fans want Logan and Veronica to have a happily ever after and they want to see all these old characters blah 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 but I think they actually set up a lot of things in the movie that they could have been dealing with in this fourth season. So when the movie picks up, Veronica has not solved a crime. In 10 years, when she (laughs) transferred to Stanford, she has been doing no crime solving. She just like put her head down, got through undergrad, was like top of her class at Stanford Law School or in law school at Columbia, and then is like gonna get this job. She gets back together with Piz, who's like doing the public radio thing in New York. And they kind of set up this idea that she had spent the last 10 years trying to be someone that she's not.
1: She told Jamie Lee Curtis she had not done that in
0: ten years. She literally says, like, I'm not that person anymore. And what the movie tells us is that she is still that person, that she's always been that person, and that she's most happy when she's being that person, as fucked up as that often ends up being. She describes herself as an addict throughout the movie.
1: The whole yeah, the whole movie is an addict narrative, every metaphor, every everything in in her narration is 12 steps yeah she's an addict the the movie explains that in painstaking detail and and she tells you who she is at every step al- along the way and as is the case in true noir if your if your tragic lead character tells you something they just lied to themselves, maybe not to you, but what they just said, that's not true. It's the opposite. Mm, that's not me anymore. Oh, <laughs> oh, poor girl. Yeah, <laughs> it's you. It's really, really you. I can see that furrowed brow. you're getting you're getting wrinkles between your eyebrows, just trying to say that to the law firm. and, uh, yeah. and where did where did they leave us with that? Uh, they could have gone, I mean, Even in fan service, they could have taken Veronica not even knowing that she's that person still and run with it. And as fans, I think we would have been okay with that. They could have still hit all the things. We could have seen Wallace waiting for the coach to die and and Mac being successful and the sex video at the reunion and, you know, all the stuff. And. We could have had all of those points, but they chose to ignore the the glaring light right at the beginning where she doesn't even know herself.
0: Well, see, I would disagree. Like, I feel like that is what the movie is doing. It's... Or the movie is showing us that Veronica is trying to be someone else. I just
1: don't think it took a dark enough turn towards the end like mm. like that... Ooh and now we we're going to we're going to cliffhang a one off right like it's not just Veronica putting her feet up on the desk and and they they hack uh, the sheriff's taxes and all of that where it's like aw cute cute dandy warhols yeah <laughs> no it, you you could have turned it Just a little at the end to show, oh, God, she's really fucked up, isn't she? And even if you don't go back to it ever, you don't do a season four, fine. You're left to argue amongst yourselves over beverages of your choice. Was Veronica really okay (laughs) or not? Yeah, to me that would have been fun.
0: Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think that they wanted, in the event that... It was the last thing that they did. They, you know, he wanted it to be, yeah, a positive note to remember Veronica on. But I see what you're saying. How which would have been
1: cool if we didn't have to go through season four.
0: Yeah. So what I think one of the things that a thread that they failed to pick up in season four was okay. Veronica's tried being someone else, and it didn't work for her. And so she's now wholly committed to being this like person that she is but she never actually acknowledges the idea of like I've tried to be someone else like all the times when Logan is trying to get her to go to therapy she's just a dick about it but there's never this idea like I think if she had said at some point like I tried to be that person I tried to like give up you know my life as a PI I tried to do that and I couldn't do it I think if there had been some acknowledgement of that it would have made the way that she was acting make a lot more sense this idea of like she tried to give it up and she couldn't she tried to get clean and she couldn't as opposed to her just being a jerk about the fact that anyone would want their life to be different because if she's coming at it from a perspective of basically that she thinks Logan is is faking it in the sense that like he's being someone that he's not. And that mm. therapy isn't making him better. It's just making him pretend to be someone else. Like if she uh. was coming at it from that angle. I think they've totally set that up. With the movie. For her to come at it from the perspective of. You know I tried to be. I was going to become a lawyer. I was going to give all this up. And I couldn't do it. And I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to pretend to be someone that I'm not.
1: Yeah. Did you ever see the the movie. The Days of Wine and Roses. No. Not noir. It's melodrama. But it kind of fits here. So, quick thumbnail. Uh, Jack Lemmon and Lee Remick, Mm -hmm. a movie made in the early, mid-1960s. Black and white, so we'll call it noir. He is a hard-drinking, hard-driving advertising executive trying to work his way up. He's not all the way there yet. And he meets Lee Remick, who doesn't drink and is sweet and kind and from a small town. And she's in the big city to... God only knows why. I don't know. But anyway, he's an alcoholic. She starts drinking. Middle of the movie, she's drinking, and he realizes he's an alcoholic. He goes to AA, and by the end of the movie, she is irredeemable. She wants to be a drunk. She doesn't want to go to the meetings, and he leaves her so he won't die. That, to me, kind of summed up in a much more disjointed way season 4. Yes. for Veronica and Logan.
0: Yes, I'm I'm nodding vigorously. So that's what I think season 4 should have been. Essentially, the plot of that movie that you just described. I think again, you set up in the movie that Logan was dating this pop star. He'd gotten his life together, but he's with this woman who is kind of falling apart. This pop star that he's dating um was really into drugs a lot of partying and he essentially became like the stabilizing force in her life which seems really ironic given who he was before but it kind of shows
1: that was his that was his turn yeah you see him
0: getting his life together and also that he's always had this sort of like caring almost paternalistic instinct that he's tried to sort of hide because he's trying to protect his heart
1: Mm -hmm.
0: can you tell that i have feelings about logan um maybe but like there's a point in the third season of the show where he breaks up with veronica because she's sidelining him and he says something like you know i wasn't made to to be on the sidelines and i think we can take a painful like a terrible but survivable amount of pain now or terrible soul crushing pain later is my paraphrase of it and so they've kind of like they've set up this idea of like logan really cares about people even if he like hides that and in the movie he you know has this girlfriend that he seems to really love or at the very least maybe if he's not romantically super in love with her he loves her enough to like try and keep her clean
1: there there's there's like a a a love expressed in loyalty at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's love, but you know, it's not Logan and Veronica love. It's not (laughs) love, Yeah.
0: And I think like they break up because he couldn't do it anymore. And then she gets murdered and that sort of sets off the movie. Right. So you have this, you've set Logan up in this way, which I think the movie was trying to make everyone like to give, veronica and logan a happily ever after so they were like well he's got to get his shit together but actually i think narratively it kind of works to put him on this path yeah but i think then what they when they got into season four they were like well now logan's perfect and we need to get rid of him (laughs) as opposed to Uh uh-oh spoilers as opposed to (laughs) logan is trying to get his shit together and veronica doesn't want to and so i think the choice that they made the thing that we keep like referencing but like a breakup wasn't
1: good enough
0: yeah they were like well logan has to go therefore we're gonna blow him up and i think that was a bad call it's not that i think it was a bad call because i want veronica and logan to be together happily ever after i think it was a bad call because it was lazy
1: Thank you for saying it the way you did. (laughs) Lazy as shit. Like, like, like the end of the grouchy ladybug lazy. Like, come on. Really? No. And to make me as a viewer believe a half a dozen times, oh, you're going to kill Keith. Oh, you're going to kill Keith. And I'm sitting there like I'm watching a car crash in slow motion. I'm hearing the brakes in my head. Oh, God, the car's going to flip. Here it (laughs) goes. Okay. All of these all of these tells that Keith's going to die. Keith's going to die. Oh, it's so sad. Keith's go, oh, God, no. And then Keith lives. And then you've got like 30 seconds to catch your breath and say, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the only time that me as a, as a terrible mystery solver watching mysteries says, Oh mother. Yeah. I knew finally, finally yeah. I get one right. And, that's my
0: ending yeah well it was like as soon as they got married which like i'm not here for that that. as As soon as they got married it was like well oh shit like something's gonna happen like basically as soon as they got married it was clear that logan was gonna die
1: red shirts on the starship enterprise you just know it's coming
0: and honestly there's a moment so as the bomb goes off you go to veronica's face and she has this At first, she looks incredibly, like, shocked and kind of destroyed. And -hmm. then her face kind of settles into this, like, steely resolve that says sort of, like, I should have expected this. And it is a feat of acting on Kristen Bell's part. But it also, that, what to me really said was that that happened and, like, Veronica thinks to herself... That she should have seen this coming and I have issues with this for a lot of reasons but part of this particular variety of trauma for her that I'm not crazy about is that I don't think the fact that it's a noir means that we have to make her we have to inflict trauma upon her at every possible turn.
1: Trauma for Trauma's Sake. No, yeah. and that's the ending of season 4 is Trauma for Trauma's Sake.
0: And I think there's a way that the way that it happened kind of makes it her fault in a sense because mm. she missed the bomb that ultimately Sloppy killed him. Like work, it was yeah. it's set up as like essentially like her negligence that results in his death because it's not like Patton Oswalt character was a mastermind. Literally he got away with it because he was, everyone was like, this guy couldn't do fucking shit. Right. Like the reason he got away with like,
1: he can't be the guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's basically so boring and unnotable that no one was looking at him. And so essentially this whole setup for the end of the show, the fourth season is he's so forgettable that Veronica didn't notice he left a bomb in her car which on the one hand yeah he was super forgettable so that makes sense and on the other hand like really Veronica Mars has been solving crimes since she was 16 fucking years old
1: well she did take 10 years off for bad behavior <laughs> so <laughs> she got rusty
0: and it's just this but
1: but they they even set us the viewers up in that they gave Patton Oswalt's character the victory he got the girl yeah. And and that is such a cliche that takes us to the he got the girl. He must be OK. And that's when and that that's when you're just like, oh, 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 no, no, no. That was so ugh, sloppy and lazy and almost like, well, we've we've written 10 hours we're out of time. Uh, we need th- we need one of you five people to be the bomber. Who do we pick?
0: Yeah, I ugh. um this is a quote from Rob Thomas from an interview that he did in Rolling Stone after the show came out. I think you
1: shared this with me once.
0: <sighs> I may have I feel like it really illustrates just like the failure of imagination, which so here's the quote. I tried to imagine writing Veronica Marr's mysteries the way we want to tell them going forward and her still having a boyfriend or husband waiting back home. It's just hard to imagine a detective show with a 35-year-old woman with a boyfriend. I just don't want to write that. I feel like for this show to work as a detective show, it has to be Veronica as a single woman. So a couple things there. You can't solve crimes if you have a boyfriend or a husband. Like, sorry, you got to be single. I'm not saying that I think narratively it would have made sense for that to be what happened
1: for their characters. I mean, it, it's worked before in, in other, other representations like, Hey Rob, did you ever see any of the thin man movies? They, Nick and Nora were perfectly happy. They had a baby and a dog and, and they kept solving. So, okay, whatever. I think he but actually in, in this explicitly case, no. said that
0: he didn't want it to be the thin man. I think he says in that interview, but Oh, erg. okay, fine but it does kind of show this way of like the idea that like well Logan had to die so that Veronica could keep solving crime in like a way that I don't feel great about
1: I mean right that was you you can't take the everyday approach like say the days of wine and roses approach like oh Logan's just, Logan's going to go on, on a walkabout now because Veronica is circling the drain and it's her choice. It's a valid adult choice to fall into the grip of your addictions. It happens every damn day, but that's not good enough for a crime drama present day. You got to blow somebody up. And all right, it's a choice. Actors make choices in the way they portray characters, and producers and creators make choices in the way they create the choices for the characters, I guess. But there were other ways to do it. And okay, here's, I think, in the same way that HBO's Watchmen, the series, kind of knew this is it. It, it, we're we're ending it and and we're gonna have to just leave you at the end of this. We're done. I think uh, I think Rob Thomas and Kristen as well knew. Yep, season four. We're done. It's gonna be season five. Nope, no. Oh no, they cow. didn't.
0: They didn't know.
1: I just I it, okay. They didn't know, and yet I still think in the back of their minds they're thinking. Yeah, I don't see us getting back together for another five years. And and by then, it's the Golden Girls. And, you know, then it's just Veronica and Mac and Wallace again. And I don't think they wanted to go there.
0: Well, okay. I'm confident that they didn't know because I have another Rob Thomas quote from you. Ooh,
1: bring the quotes.
0: Here's what he says. He's talking about the ending. Uh, and he says, I feel like it's the thing I needed to do to make the show the thing I want it to be if we do it in the future. If this happens to be the last thing we ever see of Veronica Mars and I devastated the audience with the death of Logan, then I feel a bit bad about it. The only way I feel good is if we get to do more. If we don't, then I fucked that up. So... <laughs>
1: okay, okay there, there's your rope, Rob. Start tying the knot.
0: <laughs> I, so at this point, there is no... It seems that there will be no fifth season, but also who knows it's a weird time in the world. So maybe everyone will spend their self-isolation watching Veronica Mars, God willing. And maybe Hulu <laughs> will be like, you know, there's been so much interest. Let's do a season five. Anything is possible.
1: Just as, just as long as we get Mac back, please. Just my my personal request.
0: <laughs> I mean, I love Mac as well. She's great. I'm not sure that I want to see what it is that Rob Thomas wants a potential fifth season of the show to be based on Mm. what he said, which is like, if it happens, I will give it a try. I will watch it. And honestly, I'll probably like, I'll probably like it because Kristen Bell is fantastic. She's just such a good actor, but I also am just cognizant of based on what he has said about how he would see the show going forward we have a fundamental difference in belief about what this show is or should be. And I think I really want to talk about the fact that I think that it's often glossed over that you can not like something because it you don't enjoy it as a fan and mm-hmm. also not like it because it was a bad story choice or you think it was a bad story okay. choice. I think a lot of times... In discussions about things like this, there is this attitude in, I don't know, I guess the media, which air quotes, um, that like fans don't like things because they only ever want things that make them happy. And mm. they're mad about the end of the season because they wanted Veronica and Logan to live happily ever after. And look, there are probably some people who feel that way, which is they are allowed to to do that but I don't think that everyone does and I don't even think the majority of people do. I think that whether or not they can articulate it because probably most of these people haven't thought about it to the exacting degree that I have (laughs) Yeah, uh, which is really more of a problem of my own obsessiveness not their lack of anything. Casual
1: Um, obsessiveness (laughs)
0: let's stay on um, true true I think that there are probably a lot of people, whether they can articulate it or not, who are upset about the ending because they don't feel like the characters were served. They don't feel like it was a good story choice. To what you said earlier, they're not angry. They're just disappointed. <laughs> 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 but also, they are angry because they're disappointed. And like, well,
1: I think disappointment does eventually bring itself back to anger. You, yes. you can't just sit in your meh for too long until it goes to some other emotion that is much more fundamental than meh anger or depression or whatever. And I'm sure a lot of fans got very, very depressed. And I'm sure a lot of other fans just got really pissed. And I'm here to say that happy is an acceptable life choice. It really is. It's (laughs) okay to choose happy. I know a lot of people don't. And I know that a lot of people want to and don't know how to be. And that's perfectly understandable. And I'm sure Logan knew that from going to therapy, which Veronica would never darken the door (laughs) of. So, wow, didn't hear that one coming. Um, But (sighs) I think they, they set us up. Is what they did, and I'm totally fine with how it ended. Just like I was last year, I vehemently disagree with the premise of the ending.
0: Yeah, I um, I think it's interesting. That you're you're what you said about like it's okay to choose happy, um, and I think that is actually like a very good point. And I would say like I am a huge veronica and logan fan um i just i just have a lot of feelings about them and i don't think there's any scenario in which veronica and logan could be veronica and logan and be happy long term it's just not like the dynamic of their relationship and who they are as characters i think you know
1: that i agree with completely
0: for them to be together and happy in the long term They would have to be different people than they have been. And in order to do that, like, you wouldn't want to watch a TV show about them.
1: Well, one of them was trying, um, but he had to die. So, yeah.
0: And I'm fine with that. But I think what Rob Thomas took it, I think Rob Thomas said, there's no way that these two people can be who they are and be together and be happy so we need, but people want them together. So yeah, he did this sort of like, they'll get married and then he's dead.
1: Because we we couldn't handle seeing them sniping at each other for the next 10 years. That, yeah, and like, yeah.
0: I, I think I do want to believe that Veronica could be happy at some point. Whether or not that will happen is actually beside the point. But if I don't believe that there's hope, for her then i don't want to watch like i don't want to watch a show about like a hopeless woman who's never going to get her shit together like that's not interesting what's (laughs) that's jessica jones um
1: what's interesting is
0: someone trying to get their shit together trying to be a good person trying to make the right choices and like making the wrong ones or trying to actively avoid making good like there's nothing interesting about hopelessness yeah like it's boring And I think, I don't think it was intentional, but I think what the fourth season of Veronica Mars really signaled to me is that Veronica is hopeless because she doesn't seem to have learned anything. No. And rather rather than it being about the fact that she like hasn't learned these things, they try to just like skate over that. She gets married in a way that like, Doesn't make any sense. And then they blow up her husband, which like, who's going to have a healthy, functional relationship after that? Like, not fucking her.
1: Uh, No, Uh, she, no, she can't go back to Piz. That bridge was burned five (laughs) years ago. And, And, well, Logan as bridge was burned in season four. So there's nothing out there that exists yet for her to find happy in. And the way she drove off into the sunset at the end of season four doesn't lead you to believe that the inference is, ooh, she's driving into something happy. Happy's right there. Look, see that rainbow? No. She's gonna, she's just gonna sit in her shit forever the way the season ended. And God, I don't, that's, I realize that it has been said that they didn't assume completely, nope, no season five, we're going to end it miserably right here at season four. But where do you go from something like that, that isn't even more formulaic than season four?
0: So, I mean, I think that the vision is for it to actually be more mystery of the week type vibe, which as as someone who's not interested in the mystery, doesn't appeal to me. But I think, like, I'm sure that they would introduce other potential love interests for Veronica. But Rob Thomas has already said that he feels like for the show to work, as a detective show, Veronica has to be a single woman. So essentially, there's no hope that she's ever going to have a happy relationship. And like I said, hopelessness is boring.
1: Yeah. It's an it's an endless cycle.
0: Do you want to know what I would have done?
1: Please tell me what you would have done.
0: I would have all of the movie that you already described. I would have taken the angle that like Logan is trying to get better, he's trying to get help. Veronica doesn't want that. And so in the end he leaves her. And the way that I would have had that happen is there is a quintessential Veronica and Logan moment where he tells her that he believed that they were epic lives ruined, Mm, continents mm -hmm. spanned bloodshed, which they reference in the episode title in which she dies.
1: If you say a line three times in the run of a series, it has to be true.
0: So I, what I would have done is flipped that moment on its head where Logan is trying to communicate to Veronica that he can't do this anymore.
1: Uh Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. That he can't keep watching her, like, throw herself into dangerous way, like her life doesn't matter, that he can't keep trying to be someone that he doesn't want to be anymore for her, that he can't keep doing it. And Veronica would say back to him, I thought that we were lives ruined continents crossed bloodshed and he would say do you think a relationship should be that hard which is what she said to him (laughs) originally when he said that to her and what he had said in the moment when it first happened she'd said do you think relationships should be that hard and he said they don't write songs about the ones that come easy and I would have basically just flipped that entire moment around and so he asks her, "Do you think relationships should be that hard?" And she parrots right back to him. They don't write songs about the ones that come easy. And he says, "I don't want a song. I want a life." Oof. <sighs> and I think that is how you devastate people, just like knife to the gut, in a way that feels earned.
1: Earned, exactly. God, it's like which is which is harder: a breakup. A horrible, horrible breakup. But but both parties live. Or the death of a, of a loved one. And all you're left with is a ghost. Which one's worse? I think having to live with both parties living and failed feels more like hell. And I think if Rob Thomas wanted to give us hell, I think that's the hell we wanted. And I love your ending, <laughs> I really do. <laughs> that hurts more. It's but they're still they're, they're they're there and yeah and and not because they because the functional one said no.
0: And I think the hope that they could get back together in the future would actually be a great plot device from the because I feel like you know. If I'd been in the writer's room and I had like made my pitch to Rob (laughs) Thomas, I feel like what you're doing
1: right now, (laughs) you are for season five.
0: (laughs) Um, What he probably would have said is that like, he didn't want a show that was premised on like, you know, Veronica and Logan. Could they get back together in the future? Which is understandable. But what I would say to that is that the hope, that Veronica could get her shit together and that they could be together could be a great source of conflict. If Veronica is going about her life, you know, trying and failing sometimes to be a good person, this shining hope that she's never gonna reach is actually more interesting and more painful than the sort of like, she had perfect happiness and then it was ripped away from her.
1: Right. You know, okay. Tell me if you've thought this before cuz it just hit me at the end of season 4, Logan has become Keith and Veronica has become her mother.
0: Oh. Yeah, you're right.
1: And she's fallen down that hole, but uh, nope, we're going to nope, we're no, we're going to kill Keith. By killing Logan, uh, my big fear, don't kill Keith, don't kill Keith. No, I just identify with the 50-something dad. Fine, you're going to kill one of them. You killed Keith by proxy in Killing Logan. Mm-hmm. And now Veronica is going to spiral like mom.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, like, I don't think that they had to kill a character in this season, I will say. That, like, I actually find killing characters at this point to be passe. Like, That was one of the reasons I stopped watching Game of Thrones Thrones, before the last season, because I was like, well, all they're going to do is kill a bunch of people because they're like, this is how you make twists. And like, it's fucking boring.
1: Yeah. Game of Thrones. I was more invested in the minor characters. But for Veronica Mars, there really aren't minor characters to be invested in. We're all down with the major characters and... And and they they turned it into Stephen King's advice to kill your darlings or, um, you know, a, a slow moving ending from Game of Thrones where we we just kill off Jon Snow. Okay, whatever. Fine. But no, there was there was genuinely no purpose to the ending because you could have had the same the same result if you wanted a season five without it.
0: Yeah. I think, I think maybe people have taken kill your darlings a little, a little too, too to heart. Uh, <laughs> make,
1: make, make lots of dark. It's actually, a, cli- it's actually a
0: cliche now to kill your yeah. darlings. So
1: <laughs> it was so cool to kill people in books 30 years ago. Can we do better?
0: I'd like to make a public service announcement. Killing your darlings is passe. <laughs>
1: story notes from this episode
0: (laughs) before we uh start to wrap up I actually have a question for you given this whole discussion that we've just had it which is can you have too much of a good thing like Veronica Mars had three seasons as its initial television show had Mm -hmm. an unsatisfying end to the third season so then they make a movie after the movie Rob Thomas writes two books, which neither of us have read, but Mm. they exist, and then makes more TV. I bet you Logan doesn't
1: die in those books.
0: (laughs) Well, no, because he needed to be alive so they could kill him in the fourth (laughs) season. So you've got TV shows, a movie, books, more TV. Rob Thomas wants to do more, even though at this point there's no indication that that will necessarily happen. But like, who knows? Maybe he'll try and write some more books or something. Like, Can you have can you have too much of a good thing like is there a point at which you should stop or like as a fan do you stop consuming the thing as a creator should you stop creating i'm just kind of interested in that question and what you think about it
1: okay i'm gonna go personal experience and bring it back to rob thomas are you listening um i've written two books i don't like either one and it's not because there aren't good things in each book I don't like it because I'm not that guy anymore. I'm I, I grew out of it and grew on from it and um, story I don't tell all the time I had a third book it was gonna be a trilogy and it got delayed a little bit and then I reread book three because edits were going to happen we' were like gonna it was gonna happen right and I read through, the manuscript for book 3 and they were like god like 80 poems in book 3 and i finished reading it in a couple of days and i thought this is the exact quote this is shit because it was the same shit and it wasn't fresh anymore and it wasn't undiluted it was just leftover shit and More important than the quality of the material was the fact that I wasn't that guy anymore. That guy didn't exist. The book served no purpose. And I don't just mean the book served no purpose for anybody who might read it. The book served no purpose for me, the creator. I look at a future of Veronica Mars as it is now as it has been before, as all of this leading up to where we're talking about it took place. I look at Rob Thomas and I swear to you, he's saying, but I'm not that guy anymore. And I got nothing to tell from that guy's perspective anymore. And sure, he could write something new. I'm writing new stuff. I'm not writing the first two books again. Cause book three was shit. And, and that's good. That's fine. You know, creators create hopefully, and they keep doing it. Hopefully. I think he's done with whoever it was, was writing this story.
0: I'm actually, I'm interested in what you said about, um, the idea of just kind of like telling the same stories over and over again. And that's why you were sort of like the, You your third book you decided like wasn't worth pursuing because it was just more of the same. And I think I think that Rob Thomas is trying to not do more of the same. But I think that I don't agree with the way that he's gone about it because I think. Rob Thomas really loves the character of Veronica Mars. It's why he's, like, had so many incarnations of her. Mm -hmm. But I think he keeps... He is now, at this point, trying to, like, use that character to tell whatever story it is that he's interested in. Or, like, he's using an existing property to then try and do a new thing. So for instance, I think season four of Veronica was Rob Thomas trying to do like Noah Hawley's Fargo. Mm, That's what season four of Veronica Mars was. So he was like, here are these existing characters and I want to be telling the kind of story that you would see on Fargo. And so he mash those two things together and what he's talked about for how he would see the, envision the show going forward with you know a bunch of different mysteries and new characters right. it's like he's interested in doing new stuff but he loves veronica mara so he's trying to take veronica toward all of this new stuff that he wants to do and i totally i think i can understand that impulse as a mm-hmm. creator
1: well you you but, love the means through which you tell the story uh, yeah Uh, Minnesotans and Dakotans okay fine we can tell stories with them and their accents forever we don't have to have the original characters and I can see how Rob Thomas would want to tell a Veronica Mars universe story but he's kind of done with the characters
0: yeah I think he wants to take Veronica and sort of cut her out of what we've seen her do before and sort of paste her into a new story. And as a viewer, I don't want to do that. Like I don't have a problem with the show changing, but I still want it to be like, I want it to change in a way that feels true to the reasons that I loved it to begin with. Yeah. Not coasting on my affection for Veronica to allow Rob Thomas to tell some other new story that he's interested in. Yeah, and I'm. We have really harped on Rob Thomas <laughs> in the back half of this conversation. Hashtag and Rob
1: Thomas in the story now. On
0: the one hand, I feel like sometimes I think creators get unfairly criticized because people overlook how collaborative of an effort you know film and TV TV are. But also, the way that Rob Thomas has talked about the fourth season really sort of he has positioned it as like this was his vision for the show and so i also feel that we are kind of right to criticize rob in particular i don't think it's diane ruggiero who did this to us no i i think she's
1: i think she's on safe ground when we say not you um but you know as as a lead creator in a project I'll, I'll call him that it, you know, there's, there, there's a, a bigger creative circle than just him, but as the lead creator in a project, I think he's falling on the grenade in a good way. I mean, if this is what, if you're going to take the blame for this, cool. Uh, if you could turn this around and give me season five, that's like season one in quality, but an entirely different story. I will say, wow, uh, you're still that guy and I'm impressed with your brilliance in that you took, you took a story that no longer worked and made it work better. I'm ready. I'm fine with that. I think that's tremendous, but I don't know that he wants to do that with the characters or even the lead character. I think he just wants to tell stories and that's his right and his calling because i think storytelling is bigger than just ooh i have an office on the lot at the studio and look i'm i'm extra cool and now i get paid to do stuff i did for free when i was teaching high school i think there's there's bigger to it than that and i i'm i would i would Guarantee he believes that as well, and I think that's where his frustration in not wanting to tell the same old story with the same old cast and the same old tropes Probably gets him in trouble with us because he played it half in and half out in season four Yeah, and he he wants to not Be half out. He wants to be all-in But he really can't with the property anymore
0: I i am really reluctant to say this but bill i feel like the conclusion that we've come to is that rob thomas should stop making veronica mars stuff
1: <laughs> oh my god did we just say that i said it but okay did we just say that
0: <laughs> i think that's what we've been saying and honestly i'm surprised at myself
1: <laughs> i guess we're okay if we get to this point right where we we can say mm, yeah we're good In the same way that a creator of something can say, "Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I gotta do something else.
0: Yeah, I think, I think I will continue to love Veronica Mars. But I think that maybe it's time to move on from new Veronica Mars content which is not to say that i will not have my head cut ca- canon i've already told you about how i believe the fourth season should have ended i could probably come up with how it should all go forward after that but i think in terms of new veronica Mars stuff being produced like i'm not sure that there should be i think i'm just gonna continue rewatching the first season
1: <laughs> and and speaking of head canon <laughs> because we all have it my head canon Needs a sixteen-year-old Keith Mars in <laughs> in in the seventy-seven Camaro
0: in I his think, mind. Like here's right? what I think you should do. I think that you should write that, and then you can either it can either be fan fiction, or you can pull a tried and true move and file <laughs> off the serial numbers and make some changes, call it original work, and now you have.
1: You mean like everybody your else?
0: Your novel. <laughs> Oh, God. um that's what I think you should do with your head cannon. Bill, what would you recommend that people who are fans of Veronica Mars go to next?
1: um well, besides that fifteen year old uh blog I showed you today,
0: which I will uh, put in the show notes
1: sweet okay that'll that'll keep people happy for a while um I kind of go off book with my recommendations. For people who have watched some or all or obsessively all uh, Veronica Mars, I tend to recommend going to what I will count as source material, classic noir. And I think you get there easiest this way. Um, There is a program on Turner Classic Movies, beautiful TCM, called Noir Alley, and that is hosted by Eddie Muller. You find Eddie Muller and Noir Alley on Facebook, uh, at Noir Alley, N-O-I-R-A-L-L-E-Y, all one word, um, or on the web at com. Or Eddie tweets at that at Noir Alley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, you really yeah. have
0: those re- those directions prepared. These will also all be in the show notes. <laughs>
1: um, I started watching Noir Alley uh, like two years ago, and not only did it help me frame my view of veronica mars but of other shows that have noir elements uh buffy the vampire slayer or other other tv shows or or more recent movies that try to utilize elements of noir storytelling uh, whether that is uh, extreme camera angles or shadows or certain cinematic effects and particularly plot devices like the femme fatale or the homme fatale and how nobody gets their happy ending, which is in short form what most people's understanding of film noir to be. So those are my big recommendations and I've got three movies and I'm going to leave you with these. Uh, one, the first movie, the big sleep, I think that's mandatory viewing. That's one of the 10 greatest film noir movies of all time. Second movie, double indemnity, uh, starring Barbara Stanwyck and Fred McMurray. Uh, most people don't, remember that one as much as they remember a bunch of Philip Marlowe stories, but that has um, all of the elements. The man, the good man corrupted and uh, yeah, all that stuff. There's basically a Logan gone bad element in Double Indemnity. And my last one, which is like totally off of most people's radar is a movie called Address Unknown. It was uh, written as a novel in the mid-1930s. And it is a movie about um, two art salesmen in San Francisco in the early days of the rise of Nazi Germany. One is German, the other is Jewish. To further their business, the German goes to Germany, ends up becoming a Nazi, and it is a story of the decline of that one art dealer's humanity. And there is a twist ending at the end of Address Dress Unknown that makes Logan going boom look like nursery story. So I want everybody to see that just because of the concept of the twist at the end. That's what I got.
0: Okay. Thank you, Mr. Friday. Um, For anyone who wants some, wants additional analysis of Veronica Mars, there is a book that uh, came out during the show's third season called Neptune Noir. It was edited by, (laughs) you shall not be named, Rob Thomas. (laughs) Uh, But it's a collection of essays. A bunch of different people wrote essays about the show and what it had going on. Um and so if you want more analysis, you can check that out, Neptune Noir. Um and that as I mentioned came out during the show's third season, so it won't include anything in there. I don't think about the third season itself and certainly not anything after. Um I would also strongly meca- recommend the movie Brick, which is Ryan Johnson's directorial debut. And the concept is Chinatown in a high school. That was sort of how it was pitched. And it's just like a really great movie. Young Joseph Gordon-Levitt is trying to solve his girlfriend's murder. Really good, very along the lines of Veronica Mars. And then something that I have mentioned on the show before is Sadie by Courtney Summers. It has a gritty young heroine who uh, she's not trying to solve a crime. She is trying to get revenge and justice and something that I uh, love so much that I gave it its own episode is Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. And as I mentioned in that episode, I described Ninth House as the first season of Veronica Mars plus The Magicians. So it seemed only apt to also recommend Ninth House to Veronica Mars lovers. Um, It is a contemporary fantasy, so it has magic in it, hence The Magicians reference. Um, But. I think it shares a lot of DNA with the first season of Veronica Mars, including trying to solve the murder of a young woman. So that is, uh, those are the things I would recommend to fans of Veronica Mars. Bill, thank you so much for having this lengthy discussion about our, our favorite teen and quarter aged detective Veronica Mars
1: chelsea thank you for having me and not booting me off the mic halfway through really appreciate that
0: (laughs) thank you for listening to this episode of casually obsessed if you liked the show please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes you can find all of the books movies recommendations that we made in this episode in the show notes for the episode which are at casuallyobsessedpodcast.com dot slash veronica dash mars. I'm also working on putting out transcripts for every episode of the show, which you can also find on the Casually Obsessed website. You can find Casually Obsessed on Instagram at Casually Obsessed Podcast, and you can find Bill Friday on Instagram at Bill Friday. You can also find Bill on the web at billfriday.com Casually Obsessed is produced by me, Chelsea Bergen and the theme music is I Don't Know by Grapes